Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1 The Beard. Starring News Channel 11's Pete Christie. Inside the Red Raiders publisher Jarrett Johnson. The Beard Sports Director Sean Dillon. And host of the Rockin' Pregame, Jeff Scott. Well, hello and Happy New Year. First uh, Rockin' Pregame of 2021. Now, How long the are you year? allowed to say Happy New Year? It's the 8th. You know, can I you think go to that, like twentieth. Yeah, I think you can do. Like I think you can do whatever, whatever the heck you want, Pete. <laughs> sure. you know? Okay, I'm just gonna say all year. Yeah, it's not you know? 2020. You know? Right, exactly. Yeah. Do you, do you think I've overstepped my bounds by I'm just saying Happy New Year to you? I mean, wow. He's come on, Pete. I'm just like, checking. Man. I mean, Golly, it's I, the eighth. I, well, no, but it's. The I first, thought maybe the first four days you got maybe a Pete, four day buffer to the eighth. Pete, it's the first rock and pregame of 2021. Okay, you're right. I didn't look at it. I was at Happy New Year. You can tell when guys miss each other and they haven't seen each other for a while. And they, they actually like it. Yeah, they start uh, really jacking with each other. <laughs> Ryan, like, yeah, you doing pretty good. Hey, what's that sweater you're wearing? Yeah. <laughs> what's that on your face? Pete, uh, I I did miss you in spite of uh, what you're saying there. No, um, no, but that's Happy New Year, Pete. Yeah. I haven't, You're right, I haven't, Happy New Year. I haven't to the even seen you in the New Year. You might as well call you know? job turkey. I know. What was, I, I, I haven't seen you in 2021. You're it's right. the first rocket pre You're right. It I'll just dare felt, you. Yeah, it just I was felt wrong. like 22, Happy New Year was a nice The first time greeting. I've been wrong in 2021. Right. you got to say it every show now. <laughs> 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 I'm so you. Who am I to say it's Happy New Year? Pete's a good guy, though. Yeah, oh, yeah. All right. Me and Cliff. Well, Happy New Year, Pete. Thank you. Um, you know, and I think uh, I think we're really all living 2021. Day to day. So yeah. that's just kind of how it is. You know, actually, I'm living, uh, I'm living it. Minute by minute, I think, is what I've decided to do. Instead of having, like, long-term goals and long-range plans this year, uh, you know, because who knows? So I thought, you know, if I live minute by minute, then really, you know, it, it, it gives you a lot more optimism. Because, seriously, one minute passes and you go, well, hey, all right, I got through that one. You're Not on bad. Top of it. That's yeah, great. so you gain a lot of momentum that way, I've, I've discovered. so goal really high. Right, right. So, I mean, really, my long-range plan right now is to still be here one minute from now. So, we'll see. All right. I I'll, like I'll your let odds. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, let's, let's hope, right? Oh, my goodness. Um, all right. Well, coming up on, uh, and really, Happy New Year to you, too, Jerry. How wasn't just dare sweet, you? you know? <laughs> How dare you? All right. So, uh, coming up on the show today, three new transfers for the Red Raiders. So, uh, we'll... Uh, get the details on that plus the big question who will be the quarterback this fall incoming quarterback baron morton is going to talk with pete uh, later on here today uh you've heard the news namari burnett leaves the basketball team you know what does that mean if anything uh look ahead to iowa state tomorrow for texas tech and uh, pete talks at the improvements in lady raider basketball plus we'll unveil the latest rockin 25 college basketball poll and uh, then we present something to somebody about a thing. Okay, anyway, um, we'll talk college <laughs> no football respect. playoff no, uh, with uh, Ohio State and Alabama in the national championship. No, we'll, we'll honor Sean for his wonderful accomplishments, uh, so we'll do that later on in the show. The trophy, too. it looks like the Pepsi trophy. Yes, I like that. It's a nice, yeah, uh, it is a nice looking, uh, nice looking trophy. In the trophy soft drink there, wars, so. I, I don't know, is Pepsi a sponsor of ours before I go on? I um, no, it's okay, I don't right, so, no. But, but it's way down for me. I don't wow, know. it's my favorite. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. I don't me. drink Coke. Yeah, you're a Yankee. Yeah. So that's well, January of 2016, I stopped drinking Coke. Yeah. Yeah, I don't do any soft drinks anymore. I'm pretty much a coffee, tea, and uh, 
Yeah. With flavored water bourbon, ski. Bourbon, yeah. bourbon guy, you know. Chapo Chico or whatever. Yeah, I have a big glass of bourbon every morning and I roll out of bed. And, you listen, might not be here the next I don't, minute. The I don't have a problem or anything. I love the just, 2021 version of Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Scott. This is awesome. Yeah, I don't have a problem or anything. It's just it's it's something to calm the nerves. You know, it's calm the nerves. That's all. You know, just kind of help. You're my you. hero, man. Thank you. You're you're very welcome. Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, I saw somebody post something on Facebook the other day. They said, you know, because just 2020, you're just the year. I mean, you know, alcohol consumption was way up in in the whole nation, you know. And somebody said something about, um, I'm not. I don't have a problem. I'm not an alcoholic because alcoholics need a drink, and I don't need one. I have one right here. And so I thought, <laughs> there That's you go. pretty good. So, no. Um, but no, I, I'm pretty much a water, coffee, milk, unsweet tea kind of guy. Okay. You know, so um, no soft drinks. But uh, thanks for. So you are a, you're a Pepsi guy, yeah, is that what you said? Okay. I'm on and a root Pepsi beer. Side. You like root beer too, don't you? I do. I yeah, do. thought yeah. you did. Okay. You like uh, what was it too? Vanilla. Like green vanilla green Pepsi. Pepsi. Yeah, vanilla Pepsi. Good <laughs> yeah. night. If I could envision a, a terrible soft drink, <laughs> vanilla Pepsi. What about oh, Tap? Tap is all right. There's, there's, there's nostalgia there, you know, with Tap. That's about all it's got going yeah. for. Actually, I heard they stopped making that, I think, yep. last yeah, year, like, didn't they? Last year? Yeah, I mean, they, they, they still had tab. tab? Yeah. No, I said, they didn't say I drank it. I said they stopped making they stopped it. Making That's it as like bad as years Fresca. Ago. Fresca. I mean, I could drink some Fresca. Really? Actually, Fresca's pretty good. Yeah. And it's a, it, that, there was a line in one of the greatest movies ever made, Caddyshack. How about a Fresca? Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. 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 Thank you very much. Rockin' Reality Check. Ah, all right. So it is a new year, and uh, there's uh, new new thoughts, new feelings, perhaps. I don't know, but rock and reality check. You know, it's been kind of disappointing so far. Uh, basketball. I mean, you know, it's to the point where you just expect that Tech is going to win every single game. It's going to be amazing, and there's never any any adversity. And so far in the season, it's 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 just been a little bit uh, dis. I don't know, disappointing, disheartening. Um, I don't know. Things aren't clicking like it, it appeared. I mean, on paper, the roster's amazing, but you know, you watch them play, and I, I don't know. It's it's just been it's been a little underwhelming. Is it an area of concern, or is it something you know you just always hear? Well, ah, Beard will have this team ready to go. Well, at some point, you know, you, you got players be ready to go. You know, season's going, man. We're we're uh, getting uh, we're getting into it here. I, I just. At some point, you see the team, you kind of go, well, maybe this is just what this team is this year. I don't know. They're, they're still good, but they're just, I don't know that they're as, as good as I, I really thought they were going to be. So I'm, I'm kind of, I would say for reality check for me is, is a little bit disappointed. Yeah, so there you, go. you could be a little yeah. disappointed. I mean, really, considering the high expectations. Right. I, to me, I feel like something's off. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. just COVID or what. Coach Beard, man, I... I don't know if anybody else noticed, but uh, he's always been fiery, high intensity. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to overstate this, but it sure seems like he um, is angrier, has more intensity this yeah, year. You know, yeah. both on the sidelines and in the obviously in the, in the press conferences and everything. You know, uh, it just seems a little off. I have no idea what that's about. I really don't. You yeah. know, uh, whether he's just frustrated. For one thing, going into that Kansas State game. They, had, they were 1-6 in their previous seven Big 12 games. That'll get you fired up. you know. So yeah. I, I appreciate that, a coach who's on edge about losing. Um, but on the other hand, I don't know. It just seems, other than Coach Adams knocking out the, the bear, right. it seems like they haven't had a lot of fun. Right. You know? And basketball yeah. is a, you know, it's like my first love in terms of sports. and uh, It's a fun game. If you're not having fun, it can kick your butt in a yeah. hurry. You know, uh, it really can. 
Well, and you wonder, like you said with Beard, it, ha- it does appear that he has been even more intense and just, like I said, angrier. I mean, it just really, yeah. you see it. And I'm so, with so the refs, with, with his players, right. players, with the media, right. of course. And it, it is, it's, and it's probably frustration, but, but you see that. And then you see things that happen with, you know, Burnett leaving and, and uh, Tomway leaving. Yeah. And, you know, you can argue that or people will say that, well, these guys are soft. They didn't want to work hard or whatever. But it, it, is, it, is it a cycle that's happening? There's, there's the frustration setting in for Beard. And then he starts coaching in a way that some guys are just like out. I don't want any part of this. And then it leads to, and is there a problem internally or is this just let's, let's crazy circumstances? Let's, yeah. let's state facts. Yeah, let's, yeah but this right. is just speculation on that part. But. Tech is two and six, and they're dating back to last season, all right? Mm-hmm. So they're two and two uh, in Big 12 play this season. Every time they've played someone who is, like, decent to, to really good, they've lost right. this year, right? right. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a fact. Yeah. I mean, um, and then two of your rotation guys have left within the first 12 games, all right? And now this is more opinion, but I think it's an opinion that almost everyone I've, well, everyone I've talked with has agreed with. That beard is a little more intense on edge. You put all three of those things together, and it doesn't feel right. Now, is it because of COVID? Right. You know, I mean, it could be. I think we're all a little more on edge we, we all, than we've we ever are. been. The you whole know, population he, is, and yeah. Coach Beard is human. You know, yeah. uh, you mix losing with a uh, new team, with not having – his whole uh, process has been disrupted because of COVID. Think about how hard that he and his staff, but I mean Coach Beard, whether it be drinking margaritas at Jimmy's with the kids, getting pizza to the kids, whatever, you know, cultivating the, the, the type of atmosphere that they created to have it ripped away from him. Yeah. And here's the kicker. Really good coaches, and certainly Coach Beard is one, control freaks. And he has no control over this. He has none of, no control over how many games they play, whether St. John's is going to opt out or come in, or how many you know fans they can have. You know, that Because that home court advantage, which was as good as really any home court advantage in the country, mm-hmm. is gone. Yeah, it's sparse. It's gone. Yeah. I, I'd be pissed off, too. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got some punks think, thinking that they – well, punks, I shouldn't say that. You have some young – I, I use the word punks for a young person. Right. You have young kids saying, you know, basically giving up because of, in my opinion, more than likely, uh, they, they think they deserve more playing time right. before earning it. I'd be, I'd be angry, too. As a player? As, as, as a coach? Coach Beard. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was about to say, yeah. You know, it, it's not like there's cooks in the kitchen. you got all these top chefs in the kitchen. <laughs> right. And everybody wants to put their ingredients into what they're making and you know some guys can only play six minutes or uh, although Burnett was playing 18 minutes a game yeah and so. you know what's funny is like Burnett every, anybody you talk to like I, he's not a like a low character guy I would say the opposite I everything about him has been high character um so I you know it's not where you can just say oh he's a bad apple you know he's a bad egg and he, he's a character problem and he left no and Tom Boy I don't I, I don't I don't know yeah. I have no idea you know well, it is just it's it's just weird, you know, because you know this being such a great time for Tech basketball, and then you see those two guys leave and within twelve games of the season. I mean, it, it, it's just all of yeah. it. It's just like what? It, but everything's weird these days. It so is. you just gotta maybe just change. You know what I, to I that, brought but, up was uh, I was watching the Ma- my beloved Mavs win an overtime thriller over the, in Denver last night. By the way, Luca w- went off. But it, it occurred to me I saw Rick Carlisle. You know, he's been there forever. Uh, and he wasn't in a suit. And I, you know, been noticing Coach Beard is in the suit, and I know they announced that, uh, you know, lacks dress, you know, dress and everything. But, but why? Yeah. 
I posted that on Inside the Rivers. Why no suits for basketball coaches? Yeah. And it's because of the, the problem with dry cleaning. Like, it, that's more contact. And then I started, like, went down the rabbit hole, of course, like, well, how's the dry cleaning business doing? And they're <laughs> struggling. I'm like, oh, no, this is terrible. It's like the more you go through this COVID era, yeah. it's like, man, this is really, like, there's so many branches to all this. That's funny because th yesterday they came to me at work and said, how come you're not wearing a suit anymore? I just wear, you know, right. collared shirts. I don't, I don't wear suits anymore. I was about to ask you yeah, about why? that. Is but why? are you finding anything with your dry cleaning? Or I mean, well, that I mean that I just, just? I, it's, it's just closing my circle up. That's me taking stuff yeah. over there. And yeah. so if I don't have to do that, I just wash my shirts. I mean, I've really tightened it up. I don't eat out anymore. And but you know, it's like with people uh, working at home so much yeah. now. Even just if you're somebody who sells suits, you're probably. Oh, yeah. Your business is probably off, too, because you know, people, people don't really need that as much, well, you know? And a girl casual. at work the other day came up. She goes, man, I just had to go get tested. I said, oh, okay. She goes, yeah, it's my seventh time. I'm like, you've been tested seven times? I've been tested zero. I mean, that's insane to me. Wow. Insane. It's a crazy world we live it in, is. isn't it? Inside the RedRaiders.com recruiting. All right, so uh, when it comes to football, it looks like uh, full court press for uh, Matt Wells and the guys. I mean, to win this coming season, you got to think they've got to show obvious signs of turning things around. So it looks like you know transfers are going to be a, a, a an important piece of the puzzle. Um, but to fill us in on uh, latest developments here. Yeah, you know, remember right after that signing day press conference that Wells had, we all were impressed by what he said. And one of the things he said was that he wanted to be sincere. And he said they're going to hit the transfer portal hard. And people I've talked with within the program said, oh, yeah, it's portal life, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're hitting refresh on the, on the, on the uh, transfer portal. And, man, these three guys that they've already picked up that are going to be here this semester coming up later this month and going to be here if there is spring ball. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming there's going to, you know, That's we'll so, see. Yeah, uh, yeah. Speaking of crazy COVID, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll, you know, I, I expect that to happen. And these guys are all... Uh, either both experienced, um, they all have been developed in Power 5 programs, and two of them have tons of eligibility remaining. Let's start with the first one who committed, Malik Dunlap, is a 6'4 cornerback who has started 10 games, has double-digit uh, pass deflections. 6'4, 200 can run. So that makes... You know, the loss of Zach McPherson not sting quite as much. And here's the deal. He has three seasons of eligibility or me. So it's not like you're you're forfeiting, uh, you know, eligibility. Like, you're not, you're not mortgaging the future for just to win now with that guy. I, I Mo, let's go back. Let's circle back. Mo, all right. Three, three transfers. They're not necessarily mortgaging the future with all three of these guys. They all have developed in Power 5 programs. And they all have at least some kind of skins on the wall. Let's start with Malik Dunlap, who is a 6'4 cornerback coming from NC State. He started 10 games. He's played in over 20 at the Power 5 level, like I said. Has three seasons of eligibility remaining, Pete. That helps in terms of relieving the sting of losing Zach McPherson. But you can understand, first team all Big 12. I think he's graded out to the point where he has a good chance of getting drafted. You can understand him leaving. So that helps. Uh, and then... This guy, now this is a one-year grad transfer type, but uh, Marcus Waters from Duke is one of the best defensive players in the ACC. And I don't say that lightly. He was like a three-, four-year starter. 
uh, borderline all AC, ACC type performer, very versatile safety. He's going to come in. He's going to be the best safety we've seen, I don't know, uh, in a while. He's a, just wa go, go watch his tape. I mean, there's all kinds of highlights you can hear uh, Duke's coach talk about him and, and how versatile he is. I mean, he can, he's a, he's good in pass pro, and he's very good in uh, run protection. I mean, he'll come up and sting people. Yes, absolutely. I, I actually talked with uh, Marcus, and he said, yeah, two things. One, he didn't feel as appreciated this this last season as there's always a reason or, or you're going to stay, right? right? His reason, he just felt, though he started every game, he, he didn't feel as appreciated. You know, that's his words uh, by people there at Duke. Now, Derek Jones recruited him to Duke, so he's, going, he's, he's reuniting with the guy who recruited him there. And uh, obviously – Texas Tech has had some success with these transfers now. I mean, like I said, McPherson, you know, he's probably going to the league. Um, you know, Schooler came in, who's returning. He played very well. So, and speaking of linebacker, Tech got a uh, former borderline four-star guy. This is the third guy to uh, commit to Texas Tech and who's going to be here. All three of these guys are going to be here for the spring semester. Assuming there's going to be a, a spring practice around a spring ball, they'll get to play in that. But Josiah Pierre, 6'2", 245 pounds can run. He can play. I've been told he can play the Raider position. He can play inside. He has four seasons of eligibility remaining. Okay, he was a redshirt freshman this year. He got the blanket waiver where it doesn't count eligibility. So he redshirted, and then this year he played. And he played like I believe over 100 snaps. Now Florida, the top 10 team, they're loaded at linebacker. All right, so but he still played. Uh, he still played some at linebacker and a lot on special teams. As a redshirt freshman, uh, the guy can play. He has really good talent in front of him. Texas Tech obviously has done really good with linebackers, whether it be Jordan Brooks developing. You look at Rico Jefferson's uh, Jeffers development uh, under Coach Patterson and Coach Cosgrove. Colin Schooler came in after a couple of games getting his legs under him. I mean, he was making national headlines with like that play against Charlie Brewer. So linebacker is a position that's closest to receiver for Texas Tech now in terms of recruiting. Like, no matter how bad Tech is, Tech's going to be able to recruit some really good receivers. And that's just the way it is. I mean, now linebacker because, I mean, Jordan Brooks went to the league, and he's tearing it up for, for Seattle. Uh, that's what people care about, I mean, to be quite honest. And from a transfer's perspective, like I said, transfers are coming in, playing immediately in Tech's defense, and earning accolades. Yeah, that's, uh, that's exciting. And I think for that was huge. We talked about a feeling with the basketball team being kind of off. Something's going right with the defense. You know what I mean? Like I know the stats on uh, on Tech football wasn't wasn't great, especially because like like the, the performances against like Houston Baptist and Texas earlier. But later in the season, the defense came around. You could tell those guys were really playing for each other. They like Coach Patterson. They like some of those position coaches. You know, uh, Coach Randolph, the defensive line coach, is very well liked. I mean, I challenge anybody to go have, go spend a minute, Jeff, one of your yeah, minute, by minute, right? <laughs> minute by minute, and not come away feeling like, hey, that was a minute uh, well spent. He's just a really energetic, enigmatic uh, guy. Uh, and then Coach Cosgrove, I really like him. He's a old, he's one of those old veterans. You know, like he would be on the Bad News Bears or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> drinking a beer, having the tall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you know, uh, with a lot of skins on the wall. You know, and then Derek Jones is, is a whole different kind of entity and obviously has connections and brought in, uh, you know, a, a couple of those transfers. So there's something good going on with Tech's defense. The players like Coach Patterson. Um, that's a fact. Jack. 
and I, I like these uh, train. I don't people are they need to go high school? They need to go, and they do. You still do, but things have changed. These these rules that have changed with the transfer portal. There is a there's more talent like this year. There's going to be in the in the transfer portal than you could say like in years combined. Yeah. Just because of the new rules, how much easier it is to transfer. So, I think, and Texas Tech has upgraded the roster significantly in Wells' time through the portal. So to go away from that, just because it's not uh, what people have done traditionally, would be idiotic, right. in my opinion. Like I like that they're doing this. So on the transfers now with the blanket waiver and things have changed, and it, now can can guys go from? I mean, like I saw where like oh you had that Charleston Rambo uh, mm-hmm. receiver, you know, you know, great wide receiver yeah. entered the transfer portal. Can they transfer? Can guys transfer within there the conference There are still restrictions, still? but it's so like. Uh, it's looked down upon at this point. Like, if, if, if there's anything that I can point to, uh, well, Sean will probably disagree with me, uh, but that's good about Baker Mayfield, exi- you know, his existence in right. football would <sighs> be how... As a Browns fan over here. As a Browns fan, it's... Hey, I saw you talking smack about my beloved Cowboys on Twitter, so it's not, you know, hey. Come all, on. All you you, you've got to make... Football. You, you make a an attempt to throw the red flag and challenge when Dez that caught made it, me sick. and you didn't challenge that. Let's just say that none of what I said at the time could be on the air on the radio. There's nothing. There's <laughs> oh, nothing like a that. salty Browns fan, you know. That's true. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't know. I didn't know they existed really. Right. Yeah. Uh, for the last couple of decades, but no, I don't even know what we were talking about now. Baker well, Mayfield. Guys, guys transferring. Oh yeah, the Baker Mayfield. Yeah. All that drama. Uh, and, and just the public relations of him transferring to OU mm-hmm. and Tech trying to restrict it and just how that loosened, that kind of led to a lot. It's kind of the snowball effect to where we are now, um, which I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm for it or, or against it. We'll see how this goes. It's the Wild West out there, the transfer so, so I guess I'll tell what, you that. So I guess if, if there's guys within the conference entering the transfer portal, they can. Tech w- would certainly be interested oh, yeah. in them. They're not just going, oh, it's in the conference. I shouldn't do yeah. that. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. I, I think I'd be I'm more worried about anybody who is a standout for Tech going to like Oklahoma or Texas or something. Right. Does who who does Tech really have in the portal right now? I mean, is it? Is it and I know we're going to talk about quarterbacks specifically coming up here in a few minutes here on the show. But is is Bowman in the transfer no. portal? He's not. No. Okay, because that's always the rumor fact, is he's he going to be. Matter of fact, he just posted on Instagram yeah. new beginnings. Uh, hashtag Reckham. Is that really a 2020, new beginning? 2020, 2021. 2021. He said. Okay, beginnings. I guess they yeah, have new beginnings. That's just a weird Happy thing. Happy New Year, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, minute by minute, minute, it's great. It's great. <laughs> He's got a minute to win it. No, but is that, is that, is that not a strange, uh, you know, hashtag for when you've already been man, on the team for several years? It just seems kind of weird, you know? I don't know. intern uh, say he was moving on, which they have, you know, have interns that come and go via text. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's You know what I mean? Like I, I, and that's happened several times. I had somebody, like, DM me, too, before. I'm like, that's the way. But uh, you just pick up the phone. And yeah, say, yeah, yeah, right. No, I understand COVID, not face-to-face, especially yeah. the But so uh, I, things are just different now. Like when Beer was talking about uh, Burnett texting him. That was Our weird. generation, our first reaction is, like, soft. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come right. on. Come on, man up. If you're not yeah. even going to talk to him face-to-face, at least call him. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But that's not how that generation sees it. Yeah, text right. right before practice, and he didn't get it till after he said. Yeah, I mean, that, oh, that was bizarre. That's why people are like, when news changes, 
and people will go, well, you said this. Like, man, this is real life. This is I'm not reporting on, you know, black and white here. Right. Most of the stuff is gray. Right. So yeah. did Coach, like, now everyone asks me, like, so did he quit via text? I'm like, well, I don't know that for sure. He said some nice things to Beard via text. Yeah, but if he out. wasn't at practice, wouldn't Beard say, hey, you assistant, go, I mean, maybe he's sick or something. I mean, that's, that, right. that, and then he said, I didn't get it till after, but I'm, and then I'm going to respond to the text. Yeah. I usually, res <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm. I'm You're prompt. lightning fast. Well, I would, you know, I, maybe Beard gets so many texts. Well, and that's you know? true, too. Ah, all right. <laughs> We're kind of over the place. There's like a lot going face. on. I know. Yeah. I mean, but that's, that's the way the world is. Now. That's, that's all I mean, that's place, like you know? Bowman so, yeah. didn't, didn't just come out and say, I'm, and he right. doesn't have to because he's on the team. Right. But he didn't come out and say, I'm back, you know, or, or right. uh, you know, yeah. let's, let's get this going or, uh, you know, whatever he... New beginnings. Okay, yeah, well, let's say I was going to say Bowman started following SMU and Florida mm -hmm. State, and that's where a lot. Yeah, see, of that was the thing that he was going to transfer right. to SMU. That was all, you know everybody was hearing. There that, was a know, lot so. more to it than just his social media yeah. deal. But whatever he, uh, we heard a lot of the same things this, a year ago. Deja vu. Here we go. Maybe maybe SMU wasn't interested. Perhaps I mean who knows? But uh, we'll see. In, in fact, didn't uh, Chad Morris's Son, the quarterback. He was he was a he was a third string or something for OU. He just transferred. They got Did he going to SMU. They, they or got, TCU. I think he went to TCU. He went to TCU. That's, right. That's yeah. He got somebody. Yeah. Uh, was it? Uh, I think it was the OU backup that Tech was actually recruiting back in the days. Uh, Mordecai. Mordecai. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tanner Mordecai, and then they also have a hot shot with Preston Stone. They signed like a four star. He was like, yeah, they signed a like one of their best recruits they've, they've signed since, uh, you know. The, the old days, just yeah. getting the death penalty. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, no, I, I don't know. That's speculation. But there was a lot more substance to it uh, that Bowman yeah. was possibly leaving than just the social media angle. But that's the way it is nowadays, man. Text is acceptable to younger generations. Because mm -hmm. that's what they know. Right. It's hard. Like, this is what we say, okay, just text, and that's okay. And now we're telling them, oh, that's not acceptable. It, you know, for them, it's just, it's just communication. It, is. it doesn't have anything does, to do with yep. Yeah, right. what kind of person you are as a man, or anything. No, it's, no. Just, it's just communication, and that's. Just Wonder how funny they think we are talking like that. Like, yeah. Oh my god! You know, I told you, I communicate. Well, yeah, I thought I was being respectful. You, you know, I wrote you nice know? Yeah, come on. Yeah. I read it twice. I said you were a good guy before the, I touched it, you. It, when the phone when the phone was invented. You know, right. you probably you probably had the guy saying stuff like, "Man, I don't know why these people can't use the telegraph like we've always done." You know, the <laughs> dots and dashes. <laughs> Be a man. Dots and dashes. You don't just speak into a little. Have you seen those videos? Of uh, kids trying to use a rotary phone, yeah, <laughs> like monkeys slapping at a computer. You know? <laughs> hilarious. All right, final question here, and then we'll move on here and, uh -oh. and really talk about quarterbacks and because Tech does have quite a few quarterbacks now. But as long as we're talking about transfers, do you think it's likely that Tech takes a, a transfer uh -oh. quarterback? I mean, is that what they're trying they, to do? If they think? find the right guy, they're not going to just take somebody that's going to take up a roster spot. Mm -hmm. They. If they can find somebody who can come in and be maybe a, a placeholder for a year that they like, that yeah. they think they can win, because obviously they have to win right, now, right. Uh, then they will, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I hope they do. If they don't, then it's going to be like they just didn't find the, the right fit. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we will discuss uh, the quarterback situation uh, a little more in depth because there's uh, several quarterbacks on the roster, and then with the you know prospect of a of a transfer coming in. There's a lot to talk about when it comes to uh, the QB position for Texas Tech. Texas Tech football. All right. Uh, 
just discuss, uh, you know, the transfers coming into the program and all. But uh, one of the areas moving forward here, the quarterback position, and Jarrett mentioned that Tech certainly uh, would be in the market for a transfer quarterback to maybe be a placeholder for a year while they develop some of the young guys and so forth. But um, they're not just going to take anybody, so they're looking for the right guy. But as of right now, barring a transfer coming in, you, you've got you got Alan Bowman, Donovan Smith, Maverick McIver, and Baron Morton uh, in the quarterback room. Um, you know, just let's just start with first of all, you know, who do you like and who who do you think right now, at just out of those guys, has the best chance? Henry Columbia as well. Is okay, it, that's right. Yeah, too. that's right. I know I was forgetting somebody. Yeah, gosh, how could I how could I forget him? Um, who do you like out of out of those guys right now? All right. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, that was wrong. Uh, no, look, I like, I like the young guys. <clears throat> I've seen both of them play in person. Listen, Alan Bowman, we know we have him, right? Okay. Um, I think he's capable of putting up a good game where you're like, whoa, all right, you can win with him like, one every three times. You know what I mean? That's what he's good for. Mm-hmm. We've seen him struggle every two of every three games. Calling it like we see it. Maverick McIver, I had no idea. I've never had less of an idea of a quarterback of a team I covered ever in yeah. the past, like two decades or whatever. Well, I've the been fact doing this. that they played Columbia, I mean, you never even got. They're not even considering right. him. Obviously, so you know obviously what I mean? like, he's way behind. He hasn't played race. in a real game. What? This is junior, junior year of high school. Yeah. I, three years or something like that. So yeah. I have no idea. I've seen him throw against air, and he looks all right. Yeah. I, you know that. Well, what does that really tell you? Right. you know, I mean, he has a good arm, but I don't know about anything else. Uh, Donovan Smith, I don't know. Did you ever see him? I think a friendship guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah my, my daughter goes to friendship. And they say, yeah, I, I really got to see him play one time. Okay. But, what, yeah. What, did he impress you in that game? What, what, what yeah. part of the season was it? Was it yeah, early? I can't or was remember. It this is, uh, it's been a while. I've slept a few times since then. You, know, <laughs> you live in minutes and, 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 and the, the COVID, COVID year has kind of clouded my memory pre-2020. Uh, but, no, he just looked, he's just so athletic, and he looked clearly, you know, when you see those kind of guys on a football field playing, and there's the guys that just stand out. Yeah. They're just... You can just tell they've got something special. It's like kind of that yeah. it thing. I mean, he just, to me, that, that, that's just my, my biggest memory of it. That's not so great uh, X's and O's analysis His, there. But I just, you can just tell he was a uh, an elite He definitely athlete, had something. You know? I was there for the game, first game of the season where he was okay. They won. He was okay. Yeah, this um, definitely wasn't the first game of the season. It would have been a little further into the season. His arm strength kind of wowed me. Yeah. I hadn't seen that in person in a while. I was like, okay, this this guy's legit. I, I was expecting him to be more of just an athlete, kind of run around and everything. He was more of a scramble around to find someone downfield. And he threw a couple of those like where I thought, that that's a Hail Mary type. And it was 60-yard touchdown. 40-yard touchdown. He, you think he's going to be that guy that scrambles and you know who reminded me? You know who that yeah. reminds me of? You know, I used to see it. I had the same thought when I saw him in high school was, I hate to say it because you know, it puts a lot of pressure Don't on say him. say it. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he said it. He knew you were going to say that. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm not saying say he's Taylor as Potts. good as Patrick Mahomes. I'm Ooh. saying that, and I, ta- I remember having conversations with Kingsbury about this, because you, you have to question, is this going to translate? Because you see this scrambling around, throwing it up now, the arm strength, you're like, whoa, okay, he got, that got to the, to the receiver in a hurry. Uh, 40 yards downfield, and the defensive back couldn't react. Now, the next level, the defensive backs are going to be faster with reaction and all that. So you wonder, is it going to translate? The last time I had that thought process with seeing someone in person, I'm just saying, was Patrick Mahomes. And I thought the same thing 
college to pros, but at that point I was like, Mm-mm, this guy's going to be, I didn't think he was going to you know, conquer the world or whatever like he's doing now, but I thought he was going to have a lot of success. He has a similar skill set also in that he's not, um, he's not like a burner. He's not going to outrun the top athletes in the Big 12, but he's extremely elusive. Very, very elusive. I saw him uh, juke a couple of D1 guys for Lubbock Cooper later in the season um, where he, he won almost every one-on-one matchup with some of the big-time big, big time, uh, guys there. Uh, and then go to Bear Morton, who I know, Pete, um, you have an interview with. But uh, I, mean, I don't know how many times I've talked to this guy. You know, He's like the, the captain, basically, of, the, of that recruiting class. Yeah. What a great guy. Red, Red, as Coach uh, Wells said, he was born a Red Raider. Um, but more than that, he has the – the tangibles, arm strength is there. Guys that don't have any Big 12 or Tech ties, I've seen him throw and been wowed at like a like the National Elite uh, 11 uh, finals in Nashville. Uh, he can run. He's a better athlete than I was expecting. Like I, it's funny when I saw Donovan Smith, he had a be- much better arm than I was expecting, and Baron Morton was a much better athlete than I was expecting. So those two guys, without a doubt, in my mind, are the future. But if Put yourself in this coaching staff's uh, shoes, and you know you have to win this season. Not four games, mm-hmm. not five. You got to win. You got to win. You and know? That, right. And that first game's a big one. At Houston, right. you got Keyshawn Carter now on Houston. I mean, he's going to play Alex Holden's probably going to end up yeah. there, too. I mean, that's, really and then you got Florida International and Stephen F. Austin. But, I mean, that first game is going to set the tone next year. Absolutely. Year. Can you sacrifice, possibly, that first win? Which maybe you don't. Maybe one of those young guys play play good enough for for you to win that game. But are you comfortable sacrificing that game in order to kind of develop these guys and keep it going? I don't know. I'm not saying I don't know if I would. Yeah. You know, yeah. you put Alan Bowman in there against Houston. I mean, because you know Alan Bowman's going to look great against air. You know, without getting hit. I mean, he does. Obviously, he wins every competition in the off season, and then he gets in the you know the season, and it's just not the same. Right. So. Donovan Smith getting hurt was a huge setback because I think he would have played this last year. If what he, was it? Shoulder? Throwing shoulder yeah. surgery. That's I mean, about the worst yeah, for I know. Like, yeah. <clears throat> I seriously would have rather it be like a knee or something. Right. I mean, uh, just because of, of the position and everything. And so he's, I don't know if he's going to be able to, if there is a spring ball, if he's even going to be able to compete because he'd still be recovering. So are you, this guy who hasn't played a college snap, I mean, if you're a Coach Wells, who would you go with? Would you go with one of these two young guys? I mean, Baron Morton is coming off 3A football. He looked great, but 3A football. Right. Well, the good thing is he's coming in early now. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. It is huge. So, so if you're sitting here today and barring a transfer quarterback coming in, you got these five guys on the roster right now. You know who it is. The staff has to win. Bowman. Is that, is that? Yeah. And Columbia, they see as a backup. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I'd be, I think a series of events would have to happen if Columbia were to start. Mm-hmm. Again, to be but, honest. But if you had to bet right today, as of the circumstances right now, Alan Bowman is your starter. This is what I would say. If, as if like starting against Houston, how I would predict it would be, Bowman starting, uh, and I think, I think Smith is your backup, and I think Morton is probably third, and I think MacGyver. And I haven't heard that he's. He was behind Jackson Tyner. I, 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 I wouldn't be. Would you say like just based on the fact that he didn't get any opportunity and the way quarterbacks right. transfer a lot? Not, I'm not saying he's going to transfer. So right. please, if you're listening, don't say, "Well, Jackson, maybe we probably transfer." I didn't. I'm not saying that. <clears throat> I'm just saying it makes sense that he would. 
Mm-hmm. That's it. Right. I mean, so, we haven't seen a lick of the guy. None. It's like he's in the witness presentation yes. program. I, it's crazy because I was going to go see him his senior year, but he got hurt. Like, I've never seen the guy play in person. Yeah. He's a quarterback for Texas Tech. I saw him play seven on seven over that didn't count. That didn't and count. he beat Odessa Permian. Seven on seven is not real football to me. I don't know. <laughs> if, if you don't have the fear of getting hit, you're not playing real football, especially a quarterback. Yeah. It is weird that uh, Tech has more about than I do. Guys, oh, I don't know Jack about way, way back when. But so. to have five quarterbacks on the roster now and, and still have kind of some eh, – Feelings about it. It's the main problem to me. Like if yeah. you, like, I was thinking. Of, speaking of Pat, like if Pat had this team around him, he would crush it. Like yeah. I bet he would have won like eight Patrick, or nine games. Patrick, as his mom says, it's, he's always going to be Pat to me. I can't help it. it. Yeah, yeah. His mom can call him Patrick. <laughs> um, all right. Well, it, it'll be interesting to see how this uh, ultimately shakes out, and I hope we get a chance to see spring football too, too, because that, that's another thing with you know, like McIver. I mean, it wasn't even yeah. spring ball to be able to go out and, and get some some looks at some some of these guys. So, well, e- even then though, he's not getting hit. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, it's just not a, the same sport when you yeah. know you're not going to get hit. I mean, <laughs> you got 300 pound guys bearing down on you. All, you know, basically, you're surrounded by right. violence. It's a different sport. It, it is. I mean, it just is. Imagine if all of us were just surrounded by that kind of violence every day in our daily life. Yeah, that would, that would, change, would change everything things. for would me. Change your yeah. minute. Quite a, <laughs> quite a minute. <laughs> I'd be a lot more you grateful go second for each minute, second. though, I think, you know. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, uh, we'll keep an eye on, too, and see if uh, Tech finds any any quarterbacks on the transfer portal that could, uh, the could help them out. the so. question of the offseason. Yeah. To me. All right. We'll watch that closely then. No, Jarrett will. All right. Coming up uh, next, you know, we're talking a lot about Baron Morton. Uh, Pete had a chance to uh, sit down with Baron and talk to him. Yeah, uh, you know, Baron Morton signed with uh, Texas Tech a couple weeks ago, and uh, you know, now everybody doing Zoom. So I got to Zoom with him. His dad uh, obviously uh, was spent over a decade coaching over at Monterey. So Baron grew up in, in Lubbock, big Red Raider fan, and uh, as you'll hear. Uh, I felt uh, really good after hearing this interview. I'm, I'm really excited about this young man joining uh, the Red Raiders. Uh, here's my interview with Baron Morton. First off, why don't you give me your thoughts on uh, finally putting pen to paper and signing with the Texas Tech Red Raiders? Uh, it was a very stressful 48 hours once um, I got news of Coach Yost that was, he was leaving. And, uh, you know, once I heard that uh, he was leaving, uh, I had to rethink my situation and uh, see what options I had. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, Coach Wells just kind of told me, he said, I've been here for a year and two weeks. And he said, I've recruited one quarterback, and you're my one quarterback. And so that really spoke volumes to me and uh, showed how loyal he was. And so, um, you know, I just kind of went in and uh, trusted that he was going to find a good O.C., and he did do that. He's, he found a great one. Um, TCU was in my top three. And, uh, you know, getting Coach Cumbie was a big, big plus for me. And, uh, you know, just I just trusted Coach Wells and uh, knew that he was going to do the right thing. Well, and even when they, they let go of David Yost, you heard Wells say, we want to get back to the air raid and throw him mm-hmm. downfield. So you would think it would be a guy coming in that, you know, wasn't going to be run-oriented, and, and it was yes, going to more suit your style. So uh, what are your thoughts of, of Sonny Cumbie? Uh, he played right in the middle of the Leach era, so he knows, you know, how to throw it downfield. And uh, I think he, you know, coming back, we're going to do a lot of 12 personnel, which is going to be throwing the ball downfield. And uh, I'm really excited for, for what's in the future for Tech. Well, let's go all the way back. Your, your dad coached here at Monterey for over a decade. 
Uh, I guess you grew up as a Red Raider fan. Give me your, your earliest thoughts and, and memories of, of rooting for the Red Raiders. Oh, wow. They go all the way back to Lake Ridge uh, preschool, I guess it was. And um, every, I think once every month, uh, some of the tech football guys would come down. So I have a picture of me, me and Graham Harrell and uh, Michael Crabtree playing catch in on the playground. And so uh, my mom dug up those pictures uh, one time. I think it was probably like my sixth birthday. Um, I had the masked rider at, the, uh, at Monterey at the practice field. And he ran up and down the practice field for us. And, you know, yeah, I've been a Red Raider my whole life. And, you know, getting to come back to play in Lubbock is something special for sure. Well, you, you're verbally committed back in 2018. I mean, you really have been an all-in with this program. Yes, sir. Well, and, you know, I want to, I want to credit you, too, because, you know, here the, all these coaches are out recruiting, but their best, one of their best recruiters has been you because you're college yes, guys. Uh, you, you're hoping to play with their attack. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's that's a big part of, um, uh, I guess you could say, college football is, you know, surrounding your guys with um, who you want to be with. And, you know, I just kind of got a list from Coach Wells and the offensive staff and said, what guys do you need? I, I text them every week and, uh, you know, either wishing good luck with their game, uh, either get on a FaceTime call, you know, anything just to be more personal with them. And, um, you know, all the guys that we went after, we've mostly gotten. And, um, you know, we're going to take some grad transfers this year. And, uh, you know, I think the re recruiting class, the 21 class, is going to be uh, really the future of Texas Tech. When you made a lot of visits to Tech, what, what's your thoughts of the, of the facilities there? Oh, they're great. Um, I think Coach Wells has mentioned um, maybe an upgrade in the, in the upcoming years. But, uh, you know, the facilities, uh, the atmosphere, uh, the fans, I mean, everything about Lowick is just awesome. Um, you know, the coaches, too. Um, you know, I think Coach Wells is, is really on to something. And, uh, you know, just time will tell. And I think that in the up upcoming years, um, you're going to see a lot of wins for the Red Raiders. Well, you know, this program's coming off back-to-back four-win seasons, and I know a lot of people are like, well, you know, everybody has a lot of hope, but you probably can, can see the crystal ball better than anybody, having talked to Wells, seeing the guys coming in. Uh, what are your thoughts about Red, the Red Raider future? You, you really see wins coming in the future? Yes, sir, I do. Um, you know, I think after a couple of years, uh, you know, we're, we're going to change it up. And, you know, bringing in Coach Cumby and bringing in a new offense is going to be, uh, I think, better for the guys, you know, the personnel that we have on the field. Um, you know, we're going to get two tight ends coming in that are over 6'7", which is big. So we're going to use them. Um, you know, we got Sir Roger coming back, running back. Uh, we got to get him more downhill. And, you know, we got easy on the outside, you know, we didn't. We need to throw the ball more downfield, and you know that's what we're going to do this year, and the upcoming years too, uh, because you know we're. I mean, everyone's coming back easy. He's only going to be a. I don't know. He might be a redshirt sophomore. So, you know, we're going to have a lot of players coming back, and you know, you know, for the further years, I think that uh, we're in good hands. Well, uh, let's talk about your Eastland days. This past year, over three thousand six hundred yards passing, thirty-seven TDs. You rushed for nineteen. Uh, how would you, uh, you know, encapsulate your senior year at Eastland? Uh, it was something special. Uh, it was really special to play with my dad. To um, been playing since for him since my freshman year, and you know it's kind of crazy how time just flies through high school. But uh, senior year was great. Um, we started off a little rough. We went 0 and three, 
And, um, you know, we kind of, we, we had a rough non-district uh, schedule, but, you know, once we got settled in, you know, we just kind of rocked and rolled. And from that point on, uh, you know, this is the first team to make it four rounds in the playoffs and play December football. And I think since 2012. So uh, it was a really good season and, uh, you know, really, really proud of this team. Well, I think in your career you threw almost 100 TD passes, uh, just incredible statistics, and that's great in high school. How confident are you you can bring that over to the college side? I'm positive. We're going to do it. And, uh, you know, the, the scheme that Coach, uh, like I said, Coach Cumbie has is, is fits my skill. And, uh, you know, I'm just really fired up to get down there and start working. What do you think the positives are that you bring to the table for maybe some fans who haven't seen you play? Uh, just kind of talk about your style. Uh, you know, I'm really competitive. I love to win. Um, I try to be a good leader. Uh, always, always just lifting everyone up, uh, even when, you know, things aren't going right. And uh, I think I just bring uh, maybe a dual threat. Um, if the pocket collapses, you know, I think I can, you know, extend plays further than they need to be um, going. And, uh, I think getting the ball downfield to uh, the deep ball is good. Um, you know, there's some stuff to work on always for sure. Um, you know, I think Coach Cumbie and Coach Wells are going to do a good job of building me the next four years. But like I said, I'm just really excited to uh, to get to working. Well, and I also want to give you kudos that you had the vision to realize I want to graduate early so I can get to Tech early. You're going to be coming to Texas Tech in January. And just talk about having that vision and then getting that done. Uh, that says a lot about you right there. Yes, sir. I, uh, you know, going into my sophomore year, once I started getting recruited, um, you know, I, I, I just always had this mind that, um, you know, I want to graduate early and I want to get down there and start working. And, uh, you know, I uh, my junior year, I doubled up on all my core classes. So I took two maths, two sciences, two Englishes, uh, which was a challenge. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it's all worth it for sure. What are, what are some of the things you're working on now uh, before you come? Because, you know, some people might think, well, the, everybody's just sitting around. But as I, as I talked to your dad yesterday, you were out there throwing. And, I mean, you're working hard every day. Well, can yes, talk sir. about some uh, of the things you're doing. Yeah, it's, it's been a crazy time. Um, let's see, we, we finished up football December, I think it was 9th or something like that. And then I took a week off. And then from that week on, um, I've gotten with the tech. Uh, the tech strength and conditioning coach and got a, a meal plan got um, you know weights and uh, all that kind of stuff so I've been throwing about four days a week um, you know just getting some of my buddies up there and uh, you know just staying sore right now and running a lot so I'm just trying to get ready for to be in shape once I get down there well the last numbers I saw you for were 6'3 190 what are you hoping to be when you get in here and even at, at spring ball uh, I hope by the end of the spring I'll be 205, 205-ish, but still be uh, be a lot more leaner for sure. Well, uh, how excited are you about coming here in January? I mean, you, that also allows you to get used to the classes and stuff, uh, you know, mm -hmm. coming in as a freshman. Yes, sir. I think it's a big advantage for sure. Um, you know, I'm not going to be the only one coming in in January, too. Uh, we have three other guys, so we're going to be – uh, it's all staying in an apartment. I'm really excited that, um, you know, we got both of our tight ends coming and then one outside receiver. So it's not just going to be just me. And, you know, I think that's going to be a big advantage for us um, in the 21 class because once uh, the summer comes and the the guys that are already committed, but when they come in the summer, we'll be so much further ahead. And, you know, I think that's a big advantage. But, 
I can see where you want to stay in high school and, you know, if you're a big basketball player, you want to stay and finish your basketball season or whatnot. But, um, you know, I'm really excited. Um, I think it's a big opportunity for me and, you know, just trying to make the most of it. As you come in, I mean, do you think you can compete right away or what, what is your mindset coming in? I mean, you think you can jump and battle in there right away? Yes, sir. That's the plan. Um, you know, I'm just going to get in there and just put my head down and go to work. Um, that's always kind of been my mentality is just to outwork everyone, but, you know, kind of be quiet about it and not uh, do anything about it. But, uh, you know, I'm just going to get in there. I'm just going to go work. Uh, I'm going to gain trust from my teammates. And, uh, you know, at the end of spring, I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, signing with Tech, was that one of the best Christmas presents? <laughs> it was, no doubt. It was. Well, and anything else you want to say to, to Red Raider fans? I uh, just can't wait to get down there, and uh, really excited to be playing for this great university and uh, wreck them. Awesome. Hey, we can't wait to see you, Baron. Best of luck, and uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing you around spring ball, and uh, people will be hearing the name Baron Morton. Uh, best yes, of sir. luck, and Happy New Year to you. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. All right. Man, that's that's really cool. That's that's the most I've, I've really got a chance to hear him, and uh, man, it just sounds he he sounds like a guy just hearing him. You know, you th you can tell he's a coach's son. First of all, I mean, man, he was almost sound like he's the head coach of the team. Yeah, yeah we throw the ball downfield more. We got to get Sir Roderick downhill more. We've got to, I mean, you know, laying it out, man. That was. That's I like the impressive. West Texan accent too. I mean, come on, it's perfect. You yeah, got write a better yeah. script for a quarterback to come into Texas Tech. And he knows Lubbock. He loves Lubbock. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that for Texas Tech. That's what you want. Great interview, Pete. I love yeah. the questions you ask. Oh, I'm pretty that. harsh about some like well, interviews, I mean, and that was really he's good. He's so gung ho. I mean, what what do you? He's see? a great. It helps. It helps. Well, you know better than that. He's got a good vision. So we'll he, uh, in terms of the height too, um, coming from this show actually over there across the street, over at River Outfitter, one of the games, I was going right over to the uh, media entrance and I heard of Mr. Johnson. I turned around, and it was Baron. <laughs> Went and talked to him for a little bit, and uh, I always do. This is because you see the listing of how tall someone is, and I don't buy it because it's just all over the place, depending on. What the school says. Yeah, I tell people I'm six four. And, right. Uh, you know. I really am six four, okay. according to my doctor. And and he and was, I'm not quite six four. He, he was almost eye to eye with me. He was. Yeah. I think he was in cowboy boots. Yeah. Being you know being a West Texan, but I mean he is a legit six three. Let's put it that way. Wow. Uh, so that's not one of those where he's listed as six three. And also in terms of him, one ninety sounds kind of light, but Pete, you've seen him play, and uh, you know he's he's not a, a skinny scrawny guy. I mean, he is his body is ready to play Division One football right now. I don't have a question about that. His arm is Division One. Mm -hmm. His mindset is now. Can he catch up to the speed of the game? All, all right. that. How fast can he do that? We're not going to know until right. the season, until we see him actually play against contact. You know, so we is really impressive to hear, though. I mean, just oh, yeah. he at least says all the right things, but he just he sounds like you know, he talks about he wants to be a leader, and he just speaks like a like a kid who. Who could be that? I mean, he, he is he it already fell, with his class. Know? Yeah, and that whole what you asked him about him helping recruiting. He has helped recruit this class more than any other recruit in my time with inside of the Red Raiders in the, in that department in that yeah. area. He and did that says a lot. He man. did He's more. I mean, guys talk a big game, but every recruit that I saw that they ended up getting, and these were high guys that had choices all over the Big Twelve. One of the reasons they said was Baron Morton. So. Yeah. Well, he's already building relationships, so if he can, you know, guys are going to want to play for him. So we'll Absolutely. see if he can get in here and get it done.
It'd really be something for Tech. It, the best case scenario, it seems like to me, is if he was able to come in and be the guy from yeah. day one. That'd be awesome, you know. But that's that's asking a lot. It's, it's hard like, for me it, in my position to say he's going to do that. Yeah. Can you say that in my position? He, it better happen. If it doesn't happen, the next time I hype up somebody, right, you know, right. Because you know, even Jamias Ramsey, he was Big Twelve Freshman of the Year, and I said he's going to be great. I guarantee it. But I think a lot of people see his time at Tech as a little disappointing. Yeah, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Because of the expectations. So I don't want to say, oh, I think he's going to come in. I think him and Donovan Smith, there's not even, it's not even close that they're the most talented guys mm-hmm. out of all of them. Yeah. And then I would say probably Maverick. But I, then again, I haven't seen him in person. I've only seen his films. So that's, that's the truth. Now, is he going to come in and play? I don't know. Everything is lined up for him to have that opportunity. Opportunity, that's all he needs. I was going to say, yeah. he, he sounds he like he's it. doing everything possible to give himself yeah. the best chance. To compete and Coach Wells said all the the uh, guys on offense, or at least the skill position guys, are going to have an opportunity for mm-hmm. early playing time. So, and that includes Barron. Yeah. All right. Well, no, that that was a great interview, Pete. And that's yep. that's the most I've heard. You know, got to hear Barron Morton, and I got that right there. Kind of gets gets me excited, actually, to you know just for the future. You know, that was that was really cool. He said Happy New Year too. Yeah, I noticed After all that. Yes, I know. <laughs> this wasn't recorded today. It was around the New Year. It doesn't matter. Again, if you, it's the eight. It's all relative. Is, okay. is it around the new year? We, we all heard it today. <laughs> so it's as if it happened today. Oh, Just out of great. curiosity, next week's the 15th we're on. Are you going to open saying happened to, to him? You're going to you gotta say it to him yeah. all year. That's yeah, your special, my special <laughs> greeting for you, Pete. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you Happy know. New Year, Pete. That's, uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm annoyed already. No, no, I, I think... That just because of the expectation of this year and getting out of 2020, yeah, I, I think you're saying Happy New Year maybe a little longer this year than you would in typical years. Okay? That, I have neighbors who still have yeah. their Christmas I, that, lights that, up. That right. Is, yeah. I mean, See? which blows my mind. Right. Yeah. Merry Christmas. See, I could have said Merry Christmas. No, I, I rolled my eyes because my girlfriend took down all the ornaments off the Christmas tree, and now she's made it a a Valentine's tree. My wife did the same thing. Now she's buying green stuff. No, so what no, are you doing? No, no, St. No. Patrick's tree. July, she's leaving it up all year long. I'm like, who does that? My I'm wife. Not on, hey, I'm not on Pinterest. I don't know. But I think it's nuts. It's terrible. Yeah, I don't do that either. Hey, true or false? Terrible. True or false? You terrible. Got it in. It is. <laughs> that was for you, Pete. And this is for you, too, since you, you, know, you, you rob your girlfriend and everything. True or false? Did you get your girlfriend a pillow of yourself for Christmas? <laughs> I did. Okay. She complains when I'm not there. So I said, I'm going to buy her a body pillow, and it's m- me all the way, full head head to toe. And she can cuddle that. With it's clothes a- or without? No, with clothes. Oh. Oh. Sean, my- you just take it to another level. I have this pair of pants she likes. I wore that. No. It's a it's a Pete body Magic pillow. Magic Pete. <laughs> Pistol was, Pete. There it is. I swore Danger Boy took that. I, uh, uh, happy New Year, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> that wow. was a bad minute, Jeff. Okay. The look of disgust on Jeff's face. I need a palate cleanser here, man. Wow. Okay, let's take a break here. Um, all right. Now, when we come back here, Red Raider basketball talk. Yeah, we'll get to some of the thoughts on Namari Burnett leaving the program. Oh what does it mean for the Red Raiders? Is it that big of a deal? I don't know. But uh, we'll also take a look ahead at uh, the Red Raiders' next game against Iowa State. I think uh, starting off here before we uh, take a look, you know, look back on the Kansas, the win over Kansas State and then tomorrow's game against Iowa State, uh, the big story of the week seems to be Namari Burnett leaving. I mean, just in, you know, in the middle of the season, guys leaving, it's just – 
you know, it's just that's that's weird, you know. But a guy that came in as the uh, highest recruit Tech ever had, a five-star McDonald's All-American guy, his play so far, though, I mean, you know, he he was wasn't a major contributor, I guess. He's but, been a disappointment. Let's call it like it is. I mean, he's shooting 28% from the field, 17% from deep. He hadn't been good. And outside shooting, he was supposed to be a guy that was a hes a shooter, right? Yeah. I mean, that I, was one of the things. The last high school game he played in, he was MVP of, like, their national championship or whatever, and he hit seven threes. Yeah. I mean, he was like, they had to guard him right when he came across half court. I mean, we didn't see anything close to that. <laughs> I mean, right, yeah. Well, and, you know, Micah Peavy has played a lot more than – Namari Burnett. It was just it was just weird to say well, that there was a was a highly rated guy too. I mean, right. like a top one hundred guy. Right. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying it's like, well, my gosh, even Mike. No, yeah, I didn't mean it the that walk way. On. But no, I, <laughs> that's not what I meant. I'm just saying that they they both came in very highly regarded, yeah. and and it's just interesting that the, you know the guy that was the five star in the McDonald's All America has struggled like he had. So what what do you make of him? of him leaving. I mean, this is just, you know, nobody knows unless you ask him personally or something. But, I mean, you know, what What do you think? Are you surprised this happened? Or? I'm not surprised he left because of how it was going. I'm surprised he left when he did. Mm-hmm. When that when that broke, like the, athletic, the athletic was the first report on it, mm-hmm. I was I was shocked. I really was. Because, um, look, this is two rotation players leaving within the first 12 games. I mean, that just doesn't happen much. You can make excuses or say whatever. Both those guys figured in into the preseason hype, and they're gone. And Tomway and Burnett, your McDonald's All-American, I mean, you could have argued that some people thought they would be starters or in the six-man rotation going the season. They're gone. Yeah. They're not even buried on the bench. They're gone. So it's a big deal. It is, in my opinion. Well, it's five points, two rebounds, two steals, and assist a game. I mean, he, I think he averaged 18 minutes a game. He just he wasn't getting it done. And, and that's the too. When a guy leaves, and, and look, you know, you just assume it has something to do with the playing time or whatever. But when you get in there, you get you got to get in there and do something. You know, you got to produce, mm-hmm. do something because then you get more playing time. But it, why would somebody give you more playing time if you can't get anything done out there? You know. Well, and it was odd because Beard said I got I got a text from him. I didn't get to after practice. So, I mean, it's like. Right before the, I think they had practice at 11 or something. Like he texted him at 10:45. I mean, and he said, "Oh, he said a lot of good things." I'm going to text him back and say some good things back to him. I I, it was clear to me that Beer was disgusted. Like, did you see the the release date? Uh, his quote was like, "We appreciate what he did here, and good luck." <laughs> That's like what I say. If somebody like don't let you know, the door like, hit you. In the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for your contribution, and good luck with your future endeavors. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's that's the the baseline. For decency, right? right Saying, yeah. "Have a good, you know, good luck, good luck yeah, to you." Yeah. You know, and he even said, "Like, I hope he finds the perfect destination." You know, and then he used the Iowa State player who was highly rated. I forgot his name. Who, you know, has run his own race, and that, you know, and taken his time and developed in the program. I think he was in part talking about, and this is just my opinion about Burnett not doing that. It was twelve games. Have a little patience. Right. Zaire Smith and Jarrett Culver were like, I don't think they were starting within twelve games. They ended up starting the second half of that season um, and came on and they developed and all that. But, I mean, right. come on, it's Big 12 basketball, and they didn't have the same kind of off season, just like everything else. COVID has disrupted it. Um, it's, everything's so different. You know, they're not, as Coach Beard said, they're not having the kind of normal college experience. They don't have that packed USA with the swag surfing and the po- right. polo team <laughs> flashing the other team and all, right. all yeah. that yeah. craziness. That's funny. You know, this is like Animal House there in the USA until this year. And to just give up 12 games in is, I think, 
short-sighted. And you can see a lot of his family on social media saying that he should have been getting Mac McClung's minutes and oh, yeah. just crazy stuff like that. Come on, really? Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, so it's a big deal from perception. But I'll tell you, Jalen Tyson, the the guy who just signed in the 2021 class, he's moved up and he's rated the same ranking that uh, Burnett was. Really? So okay. now it'll be a tie for the highest rated guy. <laughs> he 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 went from being not rated to just steadily to this last uh, update by 24/7 Sports going from 44 to 34. And that may not sound a lot like like a lot, but when you start getting in the top 100, if you're moving 10 spots. That means they're seeing you like elevate your game to yeah. the next level. When you start getting in the top 35, it, you are expected, which I think plays a part in why Namari left. You're expected to be like a stud, mm-hmm. pretty much from the time you get on campus. Well, Not shoot 28 percent from the field. And we had an interview with Tyson. So yeah, you did. Weeks, yeah. yeah, and yeah. he he yeah. talked about man, if they need me to score 30, I'm going to score 30. If I just have to score two and get 10 rebounds, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do whatever I have to to help this team. So that's what you wonder sometimes if. You know, it's it's cool that Beard has, has been able to uh, up the recruiting and bring in highly rated guys and everything. But is there something to? Because uh, I've heard people mention this that you know Beard is kind of a you know the street fighter mentality kind of guy, the underdog, chip on the shoulder kind of guy. You bring in a guy like Namari Burnett, you know, the guy's a five-star McDonald's All-American, has been the the you know the the stud in school, and and everybody thought he was so great. D- does that Since he was like a freshman in high school. Right, and so does I mean, that seriously. mesh with the, the beard, chip-on-the-shoulder, street fighter mentality? I mean, it's, it, I mean you can't argue bringing Apparently in not. talent. <laughs> right, but, but I mean, you, so you bring in talent, you want talented guys, but it just it, it's, it's interesting. You just wonder if those type of guys don't, it just doesn't mesh well with Beard's style of work. And, Here's and the blue thing collar, with recruiting, kind of. Jeff, where I think people get confused. People will ask me like those kind of questions. Mm-hmm. That's a black or white should you just go for the three-star guys? Well, it's different. Like, let's look at Peavy. His dad's a coach. You know, his dad didn't let him get the big head. I've actually talked with Peavy about, Coach Peavy about that, David Peavy, uh, the head coach of Duncanville, about how crazy it is. And we we could have a day-long show, me talking about the entitlement of the American basketball player, how Burnett went off as a freshman in Chicago and has been anointed system. Yeah. I mean, he really has. But then you start looking at Terrence Shannon. He was a late bloomer. Now, he ended up being like around a top 100 guy. But that was after, I mean, he played football, which is you get a totally different personality if you play football, the team game and all that. And then he wasn't anointed as a freshman. You know, he got he got a lot of uh, attention late in his, in, his career, in his high school career. So that's a different guy. He's not a guy who has been treated a certain way for years. Uh, and then you go even Jalen Tyson. Now, obviously, he keeps rising in the rankings, but... He is not the the guy who's been anointed. He's at a private school. There's always somebody kind of knocking him for that. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, in private school, you know, playing, you know, uh, and just not the AAU from junior high on. Kind of a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, yeah though. He's, he's absolutely. I mean, Beard even said school, yeah. he has to tell him to stop working so much. Go fishing or something. Get out of the gym. <laughs> you know. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think Burnett was a character issue, but that, that's a different. I think you have to take every recruitment individually. I don't think you could just say, don't recruit four stars. Because he's not going to stop doing right, that. Right. He's going to try and get the best talent. Thank right. God. I'm glad. That, yeah. you know. Um, but you, personality and fit definitely is part of it. And I think they thought it was going to be the right fit, mm-hmm. obviously. And it obviously wasn't.
crazy. Now, now, as far as Burnett, can he? What are the rules now? I mean, can he literally get on with a team now, or does he have to sit out the rest of the season? Or I mean, I, you know, honestly, I don't know. Yeah, everything's yeah. so different now, and it's yeah. changing. Yeah, like I don't, I, you know, there are literally rules happening this month that are, that were change change recruiting and transfer. So I don't want to say anything wrong on the yeah. air. <laughs> okay, I mean, you know, uh, we'll see. Okay. All right. Hey, and speaking of Terrence Shannon Jr., I mean, this week he went to Beard and said, hey, uh, I'll, I'll come off the bench, anything to help the team. And he had, I think, 22 the other night. Yes. That's very admirable to hear some, a player have that kind of attitude. Well, and, and Chris you know? Beard said, I, I want to make sure to get this story out, that uh, wow. he came to me because I think people thought, you know, Beard he was being punished or something. And, That's what but he, he said, hey, I'll come off the bench. Yeah. This season is going to be salvageable in terms of reaching those high expectations we had going into it. They have to feature Shannon. I like McClung. I like I like McCuller, some of the pieces. Shannon has a chance to be a real star. Yeah. And he's doing a lot of the little things. Like he's the best in rotation on defense. I don't know how many charges he's drawn this year. Uh, he's a good rebounder. He's making like nice cuts. He's creating for his teammates. And all of a sudden, he's knocking down shots from deep, which makes him almost unguardable at this level. Yeah. I mean, with his driving and athletic ability. So, I, you know, I, that game against Oklahoma State, he had five shots which is bad coaching. I've said it on Inside the Red Raiders. I'll say it here. Screaming from the mountaintops, I think Beard would agree. He was 4 for 5, had 13 points. That, as much as the free throw shooting, um, the lapses, whatever you want to say to me is why you lost. It's this In basketball, you have a stud like Shannon. Feed him the rock. He's efficient. Give him the ball like you did with Culver. I think he should get the Culver treatment at this point. Yeah. And then McClung could be the Mooney type. Still great great type player in terms of offensively that kind of option I, I really think that is what's holding them back them not featuring Shannon enough hmm, okay all right what are your thoughts uh, guys from the, the Kansas State game because coming into that game Kansas State regarded as if not the worst team in the Big 12 but certainly at the bottom of the bottom of the stack and boy they hung with Tech the whole time that was a that was that was a tougher game than what you thought it might might have been. But see, that's the everybody expects them to win by thirty those yeah. games, and the and the Big Twelve is tough. But uh, you know they did hit I think thirty or thirty six free throws. That was the big Which positive was nice for to me. See, yeah. yeah, because they that's been a, a real bugaboo. It seemed like they, they got the they were drawing fouls though because they were actually taking the ball to the basket more. You know than they've been. Right. They've been just seemed like they've so yeah. much of the season you know they shot on like the outside twelve free throws. Was Terrence Shannon? Yeah, twelve and yeah. Made, yeah. yeah. So uh, he's your be- one of your best free throw shooters. Mm-hmm. He can get to the free throw line. Uh, he's making the right basketball plays in terms of getting his his uh, teammates uh, involved. They won the game because they gave they go, okay, let's get the ball to, to mm-hmm. Terrence or TJ. You know, and uh, I, that game was frustrating for me. They won, but I'm sick of them getting off to these slow starts. Yeah. To these other teams coming out and playing with more aggressiveness, more intensity. I mean, look at Oklahoma State. They came out like it was the Final Four. Right. They came out like it was right. a shoot around. You know, right. and that and Coach Beard even said that that's. You know, really, why they lost? You feel like they lost it in the first half, despite coming back in the second half. So that's frustrating to me. I was really that was like that was not a fun game. They won by double digits, yeah. but I felt and I have a lot of respect for some of those Kansas State guys. They're better than I thought they were they were going to be. It's Big Twelve, man. Like Weber's said, a great coach too. He is a great yeah. coach, and like McGurl, like he didn't even have a good shooting game, but his floor game was like this guy's going to be a stud. Yeah. You know, he almost had a triple double, and I, I don't, I think he could have played much better. So, um. I, Reek needs to get more time. Edwards needs to get less. Um, Burnett being out might actually crystallize some things. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I'm not going to say it's a good thing, but for getting the rotation set and tighter, McCuller needs to come on because he's not there yet. But right. once he does, they're going to be better. And if they feature Shannon, like I said, and McClung plays more under control, they have a lot of potential. Mm -hmm. All right, so the next game is tomorrow in Ames against Iowa State, 3 o'clock, ESPN 2. Uh, thoughts on that game? That's a tough place to play. I mean, they Is got... it? Well, well, I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, you're right. You're right. right. Tomorrow? I mean, it is. The 4,000 people that right. were there. But live me a minute to minute and, and uh, <laughs> guzzling the bourbon. No. Uh, but, no, it, it's, it's not going to be the same. You're right. They're not going to be yeah. packed. Just like the USA isn't the same. It is a tough place to play. But they got to start fast. But not I mean, this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is a key. And to me, that's been the biggest problem uh, this year. That and shooting. Road teams are eight and four in the Big Twelve this year. There you year. go. So that's it's interesting. So so yeah. Now I bet you, that's the first time that's ever been the case. Right. And, and, and it's all relative here. But I wonder who has the best four thousand or five thousand uh, fan. I mean, what's the best atmosphere right now in the conference when everybody but is living in this world? Whoever has the best you know? sound guy piping in the. Right, fake, yeah. Fake crowd noise. Probably. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that crazy though? Because I mean, with five thousand fans or, or something, you know, you wonder who who's doing the best job of creating a home court advantage. Tech does know? have the highest attendance so far. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, so I just I was just randomly looking. At least it was it was as of last weekend. Just looking at Big Twelve stats, they had the highest attendance again, four thousand something. <laughs> And just, and, you know, I've been saying, like, yeah. you know what I you, hate? He though? asked the question. Yeah. So they, well, they have the most people there, you know. But you, you know what I hate though is that this year, that man, that open, the, the video they show before the game yeah. is so amazing. I mean, it is just like goosebumps, and you're just you're like getting caught up in it. The lights are out, you can't really see. You're just looking at that, thinking, "Oh my gosh!" And then the lights come up, and it's like. Oh yeah, that was uh, that was those, those were the all those placards and and yeah, just all the it, cardboard people. I go yeah. through all the photos, all these stories, you know, that we do inside the Red Raiders, and I have you know this database of these folders where our uh, photographer Stephen Chapman shot all these great shots from the U.S. from the floor of the USA. He's on the side, or he was on the sidelines of the Jones, and everything, and it's packed. And you see everyone going crazy, and it's it really does pull at your heartstrings. It's almost like a certain moment like in Hoosiers or like one of your favorite sports movies, whatever. Friday Night Lights when you hear the acoustic guitar. Yeah, you know, yeah. It kind of signals you. Seeing those pictures like, man, it, it kind of hits home what we've lost. Right, yeah. In, in terms of sports, you know, and I was thinking about Beard and how things have been off and I just, it goes back to that. Like, is that really what or a big part of what goes into what's been off this year. Yeah. It's the fact that it is so different at the USA, and it was at the Jones even. Well, you imagine yeah. what it's like for fans sitting here, you know, talking yeah. about, ah, it's just not the same. So imagine for, that's your that's your your life every single day is basketball every single day. So, yeah, it's it's got to be off. And and I, I, I find it sad when, when you see Beard down there, you know, put his <laughs> arms up, calling yeah. for the crowd to get loud. You know, and you just want to, gosh, I'm going to let, I'll, I'll yell as loud as I can, man. I'm sorry. But, yeah. you know, it's just what hey, it is. those preschool kids, like the, yeah, the school, 4, the school game, preschool yeah. kids in there. That, that would make a difference. Yeah, there's got to be a way to mask them up or something and get them in there, man. Yeah. That's, yeah. All right. Uh, well, yeah, Texas Tech, please. I would say tomorrow, 3 o'clock, the game's on ESPN2. When we come back here, it is uh, time to uh, get you a Lady Raiders update as well. Chris uh, Gerlich uh, at the at the helm now of the team, and we'll uh, take a look at uh, some of the improvements that uh, the team is making. Pete will let us know all that. Lady Raider basketball. Pete, tell us. Pete, tell us everything. Uh, everything we need to know. Give us an update here. Yeah. Well, you know, obviously, Krista Gerlich. Uh, uh, 
taken over the Lady Raider program. They're a six and four right now, one and three in the conference, and uh, they're coming off a, a real tough game on uh, Wednesday. Oklahoma came in, and uh, Tech had beaten Oklahoma four straight games, and uh, Oklahoma uh, took a nine-point halftime lead, and then in that third quarter. Uh, if anybody saw the game, that's probably the best uh, Lady Raider quarter uh, in quite a while. They outscored Oklahoma 22-8. to They took the lead. They were up by nine with five minutes left and uh, ended up losing 75-74. Uh, Vivian Gray missed a shot at the buzzer. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, Vivian Gray had 24 points. Uh, Lexi Gordon at 22. They've been having big double-double, you know, double-digit scoring uh, performances, but, uh, you know, you see some of the younger players really stepping up, too, that, uh, you know, have been a positive. Uh, you know, Faye has stepped up. Uh, Wade Warren has stepped up. Uh, and that's to go with, uh, uh, you know, uh, Maka Jackson and, uh, you know, Alexis Tucker had seven. So, you know, you, you see the team has got got some pieces, but, you know, they're still learning. And, uh, you know, they're still learning Gerlich's system. But uh, they're playing hard. They're they're battling, and uh, you know now uh, they're right back at it on Sunday. Uh, I think it's a three o'clock game. It is three o'clock Sunday. They host Iowa State, and uh, man, that's one they really need. Uh, they they could be two and two if they had beaten Oklahoma. But uh, we'll see how they bounce back here. But uh, you know, I'm seeing a lot of good things from the team. They're playing hard, and. Uh, um, you know they're fun to watch, and uh, you know, you can see the young players emerging, and they're going to need them in this uh, tough Big Twelve. Uh, you know, playing all these these tough games, and uh, you know Iowa State's the next tough one. And you know, as Gerlich said, we're going to go back to work and fix some things and and get back out there. And they've got to, they really got to win this one on Sunday just uh, to uh, you know stay in the battle. So uh, six and four right now. You know, she, uh, you know, Krista just seems, she really does seem like the right person for that job, though. You know, it just feels, I mean, you know, time will tell, obviously, but it just, it just feels like, because, you know, even with stalling some of the things she did, and, you know, there's something about when you get a, a, somebody who has that tech connection and is beloved and comes back and, and actually you feel like they've got a track record of some success. You know, I thing like with Kingsbury football, beloved player, but didn't really have a big track record coming in here. But, you know, Gerlich has kind of paid her dues in the lower levels and has, has won and for her to come to Tech now and, and be that beloved uh, player from the yeah. past and have some uh, actual experience to point to and then to, you know, just see the, the team, what she's doing with it now, it, it gives a lot of hope for, you know, some good optimism there, I think. Yeah, and then, you know, the same issues that the men have, the women have, you know, with COVID, it's, it's probably less than 4,000 in there. And, you know, they show the shot at the beginning of, of the game, and, I mean, it looks empty. And so, you know, COVID is, is, is shutting down a lot of things. And, of course, they, they got to be careful, too. And uh, so, that you know, I think that plays a factor in it, too, just that, uh, you know, the, the, the hype and the buzz that we usually have with basketball, it's it's not as uh, it's not as big. We mentioned the suits. For those who didn't uh, hear before, the that a lot of the coaches, both in the NBA and college, yeah. aren't wearing suits. She's still dressing up, looking nice. I she does. That. Yeah, that's true. She isn't a band. She's not wearing sweaters or polos. <laughs> wow. She's wearing you know like a business suit. 
Coach. She I, looks nice. She looks classy. Maybe, maybe she owns her dry cl- <laughs> her own dry cleaner place <laughs> or something. So. You know, maybe the, the, can you get that equipment at home? I, I don't. I don't know, know the classy touch. It just uh, it just adds a little something right. to me. For me, I agree. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. All right, uh, so that's your Lady Raider update this week. Coming up next, we unveil this week's Rockin' Twenty Five College Basketball Poll. The Rockin' 25 is our own top 25 of college basketball, voted on by college basketball's brightest fans and media. It's time to reveal the Rockin' 25. All right, 2021 brings us basketball and the Rockin' 25 college basketball poll. Today we have Rockin' 25 voters analytics consultant from Haslametrics.com. That's Eric Haslam. Owner and editor and founder of the ACC Basketball Report and podcast, Michael Hunter, joining us as well, along with today... From Heat Check College Basketball and the DIP, the DPIG. Wait, what is it? The DPI Gradebook. DPI. Sorry, grade that's a, you got too too many letters in there. Uh, the the <laughs> DPI Gradebook. Andy Decoff. So March Madness is going to be in Indiana this year. What are your thoughts on the bubble? And is there any advantage to Big Ten teams who are doing well this year with six teams in our top eighteen? I don't really have too much of a problem with the bubble. I think it's a pretty decent idea. Does it give the Big Ten an advantage? I don't really think so. Um, when it comes to home court advantage of any kind, I break it down into three parts. Typically, it's going to be the crowd, which you're obviously not going to have in the middle of COVID. Um, you're going to have court familiarity, and then you're going to have travel. In this situation, I think the only one that comes into play would probably be travel. Um, and if you're going to have these guys in there for a while, I think it's usually one of those things that they're traveling long distances, and then you have a game immediately afterwards that will have an impact. I I don't think it will apply here, so I really don't think that any particular team in this country is going to have an advantage inside the bubble. Yeah, I tend to agree with Eric. I think, you know, when you have selection Sunday, when that occurs and all the teams are selected, those players and those teams are going to travel early, so the travel isn't going to be really any kind of any kind of negative for these teams. They're going to get there early. They're going to have their walkthroughs. Once they get there, they don't have to travel again, so that's also a positive. And this home court advantage when it comes to the tournament every single year anyway, it seems like Duke North Carolina plays in Greensboro, and the other one plays in Raleigh or, or whatever in the second round. So um, I, I think it may be a slight advantage if they allow certain crowds into these venues, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to try to keep the bubble pretty tight. Indiana is a huge basketball state, so I think it's going to make for a great tournament. It's going to make for a great atmosphere, whatever they make in. They have great facilities in that state. They have multiple facilities in that state, and I think it would be really awesome if we had the national championship game in a place like Hinkle State at Hinkle Field House. Yeah, I think Michael makes a, a great point there that, you know, you've got these facilities that are just absolutely iconic, right? You know, you look at Assembly Hall, Hinkle Field House, places like that. Now, you talk about the Big Ten having an advantage. Of course, Hinkle Field House is not a Big Ten venue. Uh, but the real advantage I think the Big Ten will have is just that their teams are better than everybody else's. <laughs> I mean, that seems to be their big advantage going into the tournament right now. Um, but in terms of whether playing it all in Indiana is going to have a huge effect on the tournament, I think only for the positive, but I don't think it's going to give anybody an unfair advantage. All right, so let's release the Rock in 25. Gonzaga has 17 of the 18 first-place votes to secure number one. Baylor has the remaining first-place vote for number two. Villanova jumps to number three. Texas, number four. And Tennessee is at number five. And Andy, Tennessee keeps raising, uh, you know, raising or rising their way up the Rock in 25, but 
Have they played anyone? What's the potential for the Volunteers? Well, they haven't played the hardest schedule yet. I think now that they're in their SEC season, we're really going to start to see what this team's made of. And after blowing out Missouri, they struggled in their last couple games. But this team is so good on defense, and they've got enough going on on offense that I think that they should go pretty far, and it's a potential Final Four team. I don't know that they will win the SEC outright, but I'm not really sure who's going to challenge them either unless somebody like Florida or Kentucky really steps up. Well, Michael, who are 6 through 10 this week? Number 6 is Iowa. Number 7 is Houston. Number 8 is Kansas. Number 9 is the Michigan Wolverines. And number 10 is Wisconsin. Michael, how has Juwan Howard changed the way people look at Michigan? And how has the lack of early tests on this team hurt them in Big Ten play? You know, I don't think uh, John Howard's really changed the the way that anybody really sees Michigan as a, as a whole, as a program. I think the continuity within the program has been fantastic between the transition between John Beeline and John Howard. I think Howard has actually proven himself to be a very high-level coach and the man for the job in, in Michigan. As an alum, he has a certain affinity for the school, obviously, and I think that's shown with how he's coached the team, how he's recruited the team. If there is a difference between Howard and Beeline, it is that he's bringing a little bit more NBA talent uh, to Ann Arbor. As far as their early season tests or lack thereof, I, I think there's something to be said for a team being 10-0 and and not losing to teams that they shouldn't lose to. I'll give them credit for beating a Minnesota team at home, uh, a quality Maryland team on the road, even though Maryland hasn't really lived up to their preseason billing or even their talent level. Uh, hopefully, for Michigan's sake, that Northwestern win holds up, which was uh, a dominating performance last weekend. You know, I love this Hunter Dickinson kid. I, I think he's a big-time player for a freshman. I thought that he would struggle against the big 7 to Liam Robbins in the Minnesota game. It ended up being just the opposite. Uh, I think this team's deep. I think they have shooting. When Chauncey Brown is only playing 18, 19 minutes per game, then I think you know you're very deep. When Brandon Johns Jr. is one of your last guys off the bench, I think you're very deep. So I really like this Michigan team. They continue to exceed expectations for what feels like years year after year. Um, I think they have some star power. I think they have some NBA talent. I think they're going to be a team that hangs around the top 10, top 15 for the rest of the season. We're making our way through the latest Rockin' 25 poll on the Rockin' pregame with our Rockin' 25 voters, Eric Haslam, Michael Hunter, and Andy Dekoff. Eric, who are 11 through 15? Okay, 11 is Illinois, 12 is West Virginia, 13 is Creighton, 14 is Rutgers, and 15 is Oregon. Eric, Illinois has three losses, but you are extremely high on the Illini. Yeah, I am very high in the Illini. It's uh, they're actually a top five team for me, and that's uh, that's strange considering that they actually have three losses. But you got to take into account that eight of their first eleven games were against my top fifty. Anybody who knows college basketball knows about Io Desumu, first team All American the preseason, tw averages twenty three seven and five over his first eleven games. Already has thirty plus points three times and three double doubles. Can get to the rim. He's also an assassin from deep, shooting fifty one percent from the year, shooting about forty two percent from three. Point range, and in fact, Illinois as a team is top ten in both of those categories. And then you pair him with Kofi Coburn, and I mean, just his size alone tells you how good he can be. Seven foot, two eighty five, averaging practically a double double, sixteen nine and nine nine. He has seven double doubles so far this year. You saw what he did earlier this uh, year. You heard Michael refer to uh, Liam Robbins of Minnesota. Well, Coburn ate him up to the tune of thirty three points and thirteen rebounds in that win. The problem is, you know, from the supporting, I don't know if it's so much of a problem, but those guys combine for about forty points a game. The rest of the team combines for roughly the same amount. Adam Miller 
the thought was he was going to blow up early. He scored 28 in his first game against North Carolina. A&T had 15 in the next game, but he's only averaged 6.1 a game since. Andre Corbello, he's third in the team in scoring. He provides some oomph. Trent Frazier can be relied on in a supporting role as well. But I think still the calling card for Illinois is going to be that defense of Brad Underwood. That's a top five defense. They are very, very smart. It reminds me of the old Rick Bird teams from Belmont. They have the speed and length to eliminate the three-pointers, but they have the size inside with Colburn and DeMonte Williams to eliminate all the near proximity shots. In fact, they have the they give up the third most mid-range shots in Division One. That's a good thing. That's what you want to do. And while they do have the loss, they have a 13-point loss to a very, very good Baylor team and a couple road losses against Rutgers and Missouri, good teams. They do also have the 27-point win against Minnesota, a win at Duke, a win at Penn State, wins over Indiana, Purdue. My opinion of Illinois is what it was in the preseason. This is a potential Final Four team, and they're very dangerous. All right, Andy, who are 16 through 20 this week? All right, number 16, we got Clemson. Number 17, Missouri. Number 18, Minnesota. 19 is Texas Tech. And number 20 is the St. Louis Billikens. All right, uh, Andy, what's the ceiling for Minnesota this year? Can they hang with the Hawkeyes this Sunday? It's tough to tell. You've got a really good team with you know Marcus Carr, playing like an All-American right now, and you've got a lot of good guys in support, but it's not clear that they've got the consistency that you need to really hang around and be competing with top ten teams all the time. And I think that's why you see them struggle with teams like Michigan. With, well, we'll see if they struggle with Iowa as well. Um, we did also see them struggle with Illinois earlier. Um, as Haslam <laughs> mentioned, we... Liam Robbins kind of has gotten eaten up a little bit by some of the premier big men. Um, we have Kofi Coburn and Hunter Dickinson kind of having their way a little bit. And so you, you look at a guy like Luca Garza and you wonder just how much is he going to feast on this Minnesota front court. So it could be a really difficult matchup for them. As far as Minnesota's ceiling, I think because of that issue with being able to handle these top teams, I don't see them kind of breaking through that barrier so i see them maybe their ceiling being a sweet 16 and that would be really pushing it it's not like richard patino really has a great track record either he's been to the tournament twice this is his eighth year in those two tournaments they were bounced out in the first round by a number 12 seed middle tennessee and they made it to the second round in the other tournament so they don't have a history of going far with richard patino and i don't know that this team even with a guy like marcus carr is good enough to really get past the fact that richard patino hasn't shown that he's a guy who can get you that far in the tournament yet michael you have the final five of the rock and 25 for this week Number 21 is Virginia. Number 22 is Virginia Tech. Number 23 is Drake. Number 24 is Louisville. Number 25 is Ohio State. We're breaking down the Rockin' 25 college basketball poll with our Rocketologists, uh, Eric Haslam, Michael Hunter, and Andy Dekoff. Uh, Michael, Coach Mike Young is the Hokies firing on all cylinders with a big matchup with Duke coming up next Tuesday. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, first of all, you can't overlook Notre Dame on Sunday. Um, Notre Dame has a propensity to play pretty well and not win lately. So, you know, Virginia Tech coming off a a loss to Louisville on the road that really wasn't indicative of the actual game when the score was 73-71 when the final horn sounded. Louisville kind of put it to Virginia Tech a little bit in that game. Mike Young is maybe, I've said recently, 
one of the best hires in the Power Six in probably the last five to seven years. I think he's great for that program. He has, you know, a roster that's not really full of typical ACC caliber guys, but he gets the most out of them. Everybody has a role. Everybody knows their role. Everybody kind of has a specialty. Uh, he's got a player in Keve Aluma that followed him from Wofford that averaged single digits throughout his career. Now is averaging 16 points and seven rebounds in the ACC. It's, it's completely unheard of. I'm not sure if this is the year that they're going to make a ton of noise when it comes to the ACC tournament or in March. But when you look at their roster, their top five scorers are all sophomores and juniors. Um, Justin Mutz and Wabisa Beatty are the seniors, but with this being a free year and them maybe not having a whole lot of professional opportunities unless they land in some, you know, lower, lower league, uh, lower tier league later on, they may take advantage of that free year and come back. So you have potential for the top seven, eight guys on this roster to return next year when I think this team could be very talented and make a ton of noise. That said, in this, you know, next week's matchup against Duke, Duke hasn't played that well this season. They have not looked great. They didn't start the game great against Boston College on Wednesday evening. You know, they have point guard issues. They have center issues. Wendell Moore isn't the player that we all thought maybe he was going to be. I'm not in that boat, but a lot of people thought he was going to be a very good player. Um, Jeremy Roach hasn't been really the freshman that they thought he was going to be. Jalen Johnson's been hurt. He's currently in a walking boot. He will not play in that game. So, you know, when you take a team that is very disciplined, knows their roles, um, knows the system very well in Virginia Tech, and you pit them against a young team that's inexperienced, that has injury issues, that has continuity issues, that has chemistry issues, you know, you do have a recipe for what would be an upset on paper, but in reality, it's not really an upset as Virginia Tech so far this season has been the much better team when it comes to the comparison between Virginia Tech and Duke. Eric, which teams also received votes? Yeah, well, there are a lot of them. Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, BYU, Colorado, Duke, Florida, Florida State, LSU, Michigan State, Northwestern, Oklahoma State, San Diego State, Seton Hall, SMU, Syracuse, Tulsa, UCLA, UConn, Winthrop, and Xavier. Eric, what's the scoop on Colorado? They weren't in your little black book when the season began. No, they weren't. That's my little black book that I usually, you know, I want to be able to speak intelligently about as many teams as I can in the season, so I usually have about 60 in there to start, and then as the season goes along, I keep adding teams that kind of rise up that you didn't expect before the season. Examples include St. Louis and Drake and more recently Colorado. And the thing about the Buffaloes is there's nothing special on the surface with Colorado. They, you know, they are a team that, is, that have really risen in my analytics. I think they're a top 15 team right now. But if you look at them behind the scenes, they're quietly efficient. They're top 20 in both offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency. That's not really commonplace. And this is a team that really shoots free throws well. Anybody knows our friend Mr. Patelis knows that free throws are free. Well, in meaningful game minutes, they have a rating of 85% from the free throw line. That's number one in the country. And coming into the season, this was a team that brought back a, a, a strong core. You had two seniors and a redshirt junior in that starting lineup. McKinley Wright runs the show, loads of experience. He's a great guy to, to have back there in the backcourt. On the wing, you had Deshaun Schwartz. His production has actually dropped off a little bit this year. Evan Batty, is in the, um, he's a big boulder in the post, only runs about six foot eight, but still, he's a, he's a handful. And then you have a couple other additions. Jariah Horn is a transfer from Tulsa. He's second on the team in scoring. 
Dallas Walton is seven foot two thirty five. He's a he's a guy that actually has been with Colorado for a little bit, but he had an ACL tear two years ago. He did not really climb back into form last year. This year he is bringing it back. Uh, last year he only averaged one point six points per game on six minutes per game. This year his minutes have tripled. His average has gone up from one point six to nine point six. Like I said, the analytics like Colorado, but a large a lot of it is because they have really thumped moderate to poor quality teams and that's what elite teams are supposed to do i mean they've beaten washington by 23 northern colorado by 36 omaha by 42 south dakota by 23 that's elite performances against that kind of competition but at the same time they are only one in three versus my top 50 it's a similar problem to a texas tech or an lsu they do have a nice 10 point win at usc but you got road losses at Arizona, at UCLA, at Tennessee. In my opinion, Colorado has to start winning these games if they're going to be taken more seriously in the long run. All right. Where can uh, everybody find you guys? You can find me on Twitter at Andrew Vikoff. Uh, you can also find my analytics work on heatcheckcbb.com at the DPI Gradebook. And I'm also writing about the Mountain West at mwcwire.com. You can follow me on Twitter at ACCVR1. You can follow me at ACCBasketballReport.com. We welcome back Jacob Hancock, a former sporting news writer this week, who will be contributing to the site, which I'm really excited about. And as always, you can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, ACC Basketball Report. And as always, everybody can find me, my ratings, my rankings, my bracketology, and my projections over at Haslametrics.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter going hashtag analyticallyfinal at, at Haslametrics. All right, and the uh, Rockin' 25 college basketball poll is always available at 101thebeard.com. Our thanks to Rockin' 25 voters Eric Haslam, Michael Hunter, Andy Decoff. Thanks to you and all of the Rockin' 25 voters who help vote each week. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, there you go. Man, great stuff there from those guys. Man, they follow so much basketball, and you can really get a great education there as we head to the 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 bubble tournament, I guess. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? The the tournament in the bubble. I mean, is it are you cool with it? Do you care? Selfishly, no, because there's no way that that makes sense for like if Tech made a big run, can't go. It's like the College World Series. There's no way it makes sense for me to go there for like a month right. and hang out in Indiana. Right. I and just, are they, they going to do it like every weekend, like they do? So you're staying there for yeah, every every game, the whole tournament. Yeah. But are yeah. they going to tighten it up and you play every four days or something? You know what I mean? And then yes, shorten it up because yeah. I mean they win on a Friday and they play Sunday. Then they're waiting until the following Friday and Sunday. I mean, yeah, how's that and you're work? living there. Who's who's paying to eat? I mean, you're gonna. I mean, it's food and hotel and I mean it's crazy. I and then, about that. and I, yeah, and, I don't know. And then, but then, even if hypothetically, if somehow could make it work, which it's not even financial as much as just like I can't be away from my family for a month. No. You know what I mean? Like, right. and, yeah, I'm, you'd get divorced. Right? Well, uh, we'll, we'll do a Zoom with Coach anyway, on, sitting now. from our own house. <laughs> right? Zoom is yeah, incredible. I know it really is. Yeah. And I, you know what? In talking with some people who actually have input in that, the, some of that stuff will stay. You know, like some of the things, the changes. Yeah, there has been some advantages. I think. Like being able to be part of the press conference, even if you don't travel to, let's just say, Manhattan, Kansas, yeah. <laughs> or Ames, Iowa, you can still be a part of the post-game press conference, even after perhaps COVID uh, yeah. restrictions right. relax. All right. Well, um, coming up next here, we'll talk a little bit college football national championship that is uh, still coming up. Ohio State, Alabama, plus uh, we'll award Sean his little trophy. That and more coming up here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1 The Beat. The Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1 
The Beard, starring News Channel 11's Pete Christie, inside the Red Raiders publisher Jarrett Johnson, The Beard sports director Sean Dillon, and host of the Rockin' Pregame, Jeff Scott. All right. Uh, well, before we go any further here, I guess we got to do it. It's uh, congratulations, Sean, oh. for for winning. <laughs> I was the, like, what is this going to be? Yeah, the uh, the Alpha Dog Cup, which uh, goes to the winner of our predictions for the football season, with a record of 129 and 55. Um, you you are the rock, and you do receive. It's a very nice. It's a very it's nice, a nice Alpha cup. Dog Cup. It's. Uh, do you get to keep that, or is that a traveling trophy? It is a traveling trophy. Okay, it's, it's never traveled to my possession, so I just don't know. So yeah. I had to give it up today. So. Yeah. How did it feel to give it up, Pete? Well, just congrats. <laughs> Happy New Year. Yeah, Pete, you were six games back. Um, Jarrett, you finished seven. Actually, okay, well, Jarrett, you and I tied with seven games back, but I officially am the dinner roll for the season because... You made kind of a push there at the end. Maybe, yeah, I, I made up a little bit of ground. I think I got as far back as 12 games back at one point, I believe. So You were 13 games back at one 13, point. 13, okay. Wow. All right. So, yeah, so I, I did try to climb back into it, but and, alas, last place he, officially. So. You know, he could be the dinner roll. We have one more college football game to, to, to you predict. You can your racket right. over there, too, if wow, you want to. Okay. Um, okay, yeah. Well, we'll see where we're going to go. Um, all right, so the only the only thing, so really, is it the only, what do we, what do we pick? Do we have one game to pick or we have yeah, a national championship? Yeah, national championship. Okay, that's it. But it's not all those, right? No, those were the previous that, That's games. okay. Sorry, don't confuse me too much stuff here. I'm, I'm a, I'm too a many guy. letters again. Yeah, you know, it's just like send me to the grocery store to get three things. Man. It's a I new can, minute! I can only... <laughs> wow, Pete. And I'm awake now. That's if I wasn't before. That's all right, anyway, so the national championship game, though, we make our predictions for that. So you got Ohio State and Alabama playing in the national championship game, and... Uh, yeah, what do you should go first, Jeff. Do we go first? Hey, I'll go first. I, I'm gonna because I'm telling you what I'm doing here. I think that um, I, I really I'm, I'm gonna go with Ohio State in this game because and it's weird picking against Alabama because they're they're clearly so good, but I think that uh, you know Ohio State's gonna be playing with that idea of uh, you know disrespect. Nobody thinks they've got a chance. Plus, they only played a handful of games this year, so their team's fresh. You know, they're probably. You know they got lots of well-rested guys. It's like a mid-season game for them now, with uh, with the uh, the fresh roster of not having to, the grind of a ten or eleven game schedule. But uh, but yeah, I just I just think they're they're going in with the as the underdog. So I'll take Ohio State. We'll you convinced me, Ohio State. <laughs> Roll Tide also ensures that I won't. Be I, the know, I know. <laughs> I know there was nothing I could do there, really. So, but uh, but I do think that um, yeah, that wasn't a strategic pick either. I, I just I, I just think the last going to win it. I think it's going to be a shocker because you know everybody thinks well, they shot Clemson win, you know? too, and yeah. uh, you know Sweeney put them at number eleven, and that was bulletin board material for. So say it, I so. think the, the disrespect's going to motivate. I, I'm going to go Alabama. I, I mean they. How many years in a row have they been here? It's just incredible. I can't scoff at your pick of Alabama. Scoff. I mean, my gosh, you There's know, no, no scoffing There's needed. But you know, I yeah. wish that you know if there ever was a year to put eight teams in the playoffs, this was the year. Man, yeah. I wish they'd go to a sixteen team. I playoff. wish they would too, because yeah. you know Cincinnati had had a had a great season. And Coastal you know, Carolina. Like, yeah. You know what I'd like yeah. to do is that I think there's ten conferences, right, in FBS? Yeah. So, or yeah. yeah, so do the ten conference winners, six at large. You can still do what, fifteen bowls. Matt's not my strong suit, as y'all know. <laughs> so, I mean, you can still do the bowl system. You can still do a playoff system where you rank 
the 16 teams. Right. You know, it would be awesome. I, yeah. How much money would that make? Yeah. It, it, like, it, I'm it, so bored by this, like, the same six teams, you know? Like, so bored. I, you know? See, that's Alabama and Ohio State. Woo! Yeah, I, I couldn't even care. watch. Yeah, I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, Probably I didn't not. watch it either yeah. because it's just like, eh, eh whatever. But a 16-team playoff? Man. Oh, yeah. Get my popcorn ready. Yeah. Because, I mean, even if it's still the same six teams normally or four teams or whatever. Make it to the Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I still want the opportunity. Right now, you feel like there's not even an opportunity for yeah. these teams. And look, like at Cincinnati, like y'all said. And look this weekend, th- d- triple headers, two days in a row for the NFL. I'm excited. I can't wait. Go yeah, Browns. I can't wait. I mean, they've, they've upped it a level. They need to up this a level. Yeah, I agree. I hopefully, hopefully, we'll see that. Um, Sean, who are you taking no, in the national breath. championship game? Roll Tide. All right. Yeah, that's the that's the uh, that's certainly well, the he, uh, safe. He pick, didn't so. ask you what type of detergent you were using. <laughs> what team are you taking? <laughs> I'm going to go with Alabama. I don't know your cryptics. I'll you say roll it slowly tide. for you. Alabama. He's okay, obviously bothered by having to hand over the, the cup. Yeah, Happy, New Happy New Year! Look. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Look. That's pretty good. I don't want to be a, a Debbie Downer or rain on his parade. But he's going to. But anyway. I'm going to. <laughs> Let's just remember there's an asterisk. I've won three years in a row. No. And you won the, three years before this year. Right. But this was the a COVID year. year. For oh, two weeks, COVID. we missed some, some games. Some wow, of those lesser-known teams. I could have jumped in and got some of those games. We didn't pick uh, some of these games early on. So with an asterisk, I say congrats to you, Sean wow. Dillon. That takes a little pretty, luster off the victory, pretty, doesn't it? Pretty soft, Pete. Yeah. I gotta say. Wow. All right. Well, I, he gave Sean the option of a full well, body pillow hey, or I, the trophy. I, Sean I, surprisingly <laughs> took the trophy. I'm shocked. No, I, I, I was going to take the trophy no matter I've what. I've been ripped for being a snowflake and too soft quite a bit in the last few weeks. So. The Sherman uh, soft. Yeah. Well, Come on. Yeah, tell us the story then. Oh, well, it was just that the coach at Red Oak. Ripped, oh, and, yeah. and I said, "Come on, a coach shouldn't do that." And then they apologized, and they acted like I got the apology, and I was soft. And I'm just saying, a coach shouldn't talk down to players. A coach shouldn't do that. He was wrong. End of story. You can call me soft, whatever. You're wrong if you thought his tweet was right. This is, uh, yeah, the Red Oak coach after being Coronado. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I'm sure he was just hot-headed, and uh, it is what it is. And, uh, right. and and he apologized, and whether you accepted it, that's on you. But at least he did that. Did so you tell him uh, he gets an asterisk? No, but I mean, it was. I mean, I I got ripped for that. I mean, by ten percent, but whatever. They said it was. You know, I was soft, and I'm a snowflake. Whatever, Pete. I still like you. Yeah, I like me too. That's all right. Well, here's something to make you feel better. We'll we'll do. We're gonna uh, wrap it up here with a quick full court press coming up here next on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame. The Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1. The Beard, starring News Channel 11's Pete Christie. Inside the Red Raiders publisher, Jarrett Johnson. The Beard sports director, Sean Dillon. And host of the Rockin' Pregame, Jeff Scott. Full Court Press. Three questions, no hedging, no push-pull. It's time to bring your hardcore sports opinions. It's time for the Bud Light Full Court Press. Jeff. Yes. True or false, NY. Jace Jung will hit over 275 this year. 40 RBIs and 8 
or more home runs. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say true because as a freshman he had a he had a great season in a short season. You know, it got ended with COVID. He he had uh, you know his second home runs, third in RBI. He hit 264, and uh, so I think that that was uh, pretty. You know, he had, you know he was on his way as a, as a freshman in the short season. So yes, yeah, it's true. I think he gets all that in a, in a full season of play, assuming we have a full season of play. Right. Pete, how many wins will the Lady Raiders have the rest of this month in the Big 12? They are home versus Iowa State, Texas, and West Virginia. Then they have West Virginia on the road at Kansas at TCU. Uh, I'm going to go three. I'm not sure which three, but I think Iowa State at home, uh, one of the West Virginias, and at Kansas. Jarrett, how many wins will the Red Raiders have the rest of this month in the Big 12? At Iowa State, at number eight, Texas, at TCU, at West Virginia, and then home versus Baylor, number two Baylor, and home versus Iowa State. Uh, three. I think they'll sweep Iowa State and then win at in Fort Worth. Bonus question. Put it, put it to uh, all of you. How many wins will the Red Raider football team have next year? <laughs> I'm gonna say. I'm, I'm gonna. No, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say five. I'm gonna go six. This is a twelve. Yeah, games if assuming, assuming it's, it's a, a normal game. season, yeah. I'll say six, but, you know, the quarterback situation, I, yeah, it's got me concerned. I like the, the potential, but we'll see. I'm going to say right. eight. Positive show. Eight. Back. And the bowl. And yeah, we're going to beat the bowl. No, no it's, it's the game. Happy seven, New Year. Seven in the bowl. Seven in the bowl. Happy New Year. All right, that's been a full court press. All right, thanks oh, for listening man. today. It's uh, it's the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pre-Game.